Hello, my name is Aaron. This is the Mostly Yoga podcast. How's everybody doing?、Mm. Let's talk about our sponsors. Today's episode is brought to you by BC Flow State. Rediscover the way you move, feel, and perform through the use of neutral and authentic, natural. Sorry, natural and authentic. What does neutral mean? Natural. And authentic movements that can help you build strength, regain your mobility, and reconnect yourself with your physical body. Head on down to his Instagram at bc flow state, bc underscore flow state.、Uh, if you wanna see his schedule and other updates on both his classes as well as what he's been up to in general,、hmm. um, he conducts a bunch of movement classes like animal flow. And gymnastica natural, but now with the circuit circuit breaker going on, everybody's staying home and everything is closed. So he has his own weekly mobility flow that he that he conducts every Thursday night at six thirty p.m.、Uh, as well as a kids movement class that happens every Tuesday eleven thirty a.m. on Zoom. If you're interested, let him know. All the details will be on his Instagram, which is. I'll list it below, okay. And and another shout out that I like to mention is this homemade brownies by Nikoko.、Uh, she's a friend of mine from Yoga Movement who started her own brownie baking business on Instagram. So I thought I'd just give her a little shout out. She's not a sponsor.、Uh, she, I just she's just someone.、Um, I mean, it's just really nice brownies. I thought I'd just give her a shout out. She can. Pay me in samples. That's fine.、Um, this one time she brought over some samples to the studio. I tried it once, and it's really good. I think they're honestly the best brownies that I've ever tasted. Ooh,、um, yeah. So just sharing. Might as well order some while you're on lockdown.、Uh, her order. Oh, her Instagram is bitten underscore sg. And is it? Let me check. Is it written? Yes, it's bitten underscore sg. Okay.、Uh, okay. Um. Yeah. All the links will be in the show notes below. So check it out. My guest today is Tiffany. Tiff. Um. I knew her from Yoga Movement, where she's teaching now, and. And we connected over this podcast actually. So we talk about what she she speaks very so. I mean, okay, so she speaks very openly about her depression, and she explains it in a way that's very easy to understand and that's very easy to relate to. Like I feel, I feel like I can really understand and empathize with someone who's going through the same. Thing that she's going through, in a very like non-attached sort of way. It's very interesting, and plus she's just a great person to be around. So I really enjoyed doing this party with her, and yeah, let's just dive right into it without further ado. Oh, oh,、uh, one more thing.、Um, when we recorded this podcast, it was raining pretty heavily outside, so you might hear a little. Staticky noise, like a kind of sound. That's just the sound of the rain. So yeah, without further ado, here's Tiff. 
Enjoy. Okay, cuz it all. Hello, welcome. Uh, this is my house. Thanks for coming. Despite the current situation, we're all um, <laughs> putting ourselves at risk by being here. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, I don't meet that many people. Like, you know what? I have to go out anyway for work. So It's almost impossible to not yeah, be it's... around people. Like, you take the bus or so, you sit next to somebody. That's not one meter already, but anyhow, you know? And we still need to function. Like, you need to go out and buy food. You gotta go out and do stuff. Nah. So it's hard lah. Yeah, I just like wash my hands with soap uh, between journeys. I mean, yeah, between journeys. We just, I think the only thing that we can do is just do our part, lo. wash our hands, don't like go to the club, that kind of thing, you know. Yeah, but I mean, I don't have that much of a social life anyway, so I think it's... <laughs> I'm back to the fur. Um. Like, today, you're, <laughs> today you're very packed radio. Uh, <sighs> yeah. Okay. Um... Uh, thank you for coming to doing this thing with me. We've, uh-huh. we've, w- w- our friendship is quite new. <laughs> I, I think I don't even know that much about. Yeah, that's you. right. But we're, I mean, we still we're okay lah. Like yeah. we, you know, <laughs> 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 here we are. I guess we get that out of the way. Um, so I have a few questions, which I'll dive into it. So uh-huh. number one question, to to kick things off lah, it's usually about yoga. So I'll ask you, your yoga origin story how boom sorry wow. how did you first start and how did you like you know how did you find it who brought you into it that kind of thing let's hear let's go okay wait for context I'm Tiffany <laughs> never intro <laughs> just start talking start. for context <laughs> I'm Tiffany I'm 25 this year single <laughs> no not single, no. not available. <laughs> not emotionally available. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and I started, I graduated uh, about two years ago. So that's just context for if I like reference things oh, gradu- that happened a few years ago. Graduated from school. Uh. Yeah, I graduated mm. a few years ago. Um, and so yoga origin story. Mm. So at first I was totally not interested in yoga just because of how... Um, slow it is I think and I used to be someone that I really like this tea (laughs) and yeah it was just kind of like um, a very foreign thing to me I didn't I I didn't just didn't think about it Um, so it was more of I think it was year three or four of uni so I was like 22 or something I ended soccer season or something <laughs> so i just wanted something to like stay physical um i wasn't because okay i was in soccer but i was like really like lazy physically mm-hmm. like very lethargic i only run after the ball because i have to <laughs> okay it sounds like me yeah <laughs> so um so yoga to me like my friend recommended this app called asana rebel oh okay that's like a aloe moves kind of thing uh, uh it's like Online yoga It's la. a pretty shit album. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I just did that for like kind of just um, stretching and stuff. So that was my first foray into yoga because obviously I was a student so I didn't have money to okay. go for like proper classes and stuff. So I just started on yoga from that app. But I don't know if this is related to the answer. Okay. So before yoga, I actually got into mindfulness before Ooh. yoga. 
yeah so when so when I started doing yoga on the app because they would talk about breathing um, breath cues and there would still be a shavasana at the end so those the idea of um, paying attention to your breath was familiar enough to me and I could kind of see the parallels between mindfulness so the context for why I got into mindfulness is because when I was like I think year two of university I started seeing the school counselor and I was very anxious at the time I I went to her because I started getting very anxious in university the school counselor is someone you choose to see or someone that is like everybody has to see kind of thing like career thing is oh it? it's, no! It's not. It's not the academic counselor. Like oh. they, it's not a career counselor. It's um, like a mental health counselor. I chose to see her, or actually, so I was going through like a rough time emotionally, and because I'm, I made one of my majors was psychology. So we had one week in uh, my psych class where the the topic at for that week was um mental disorders. And every week we had to submit a reflection for the class. So in that reflection, I wrote about what I was going through. And I mean, obviously I could tell that I like certain symptoms. Um, so I wrote about it in in my little reflection that my prof would see. <laughs> and then she wrote back to me and she said, you know, I think um, you should, you can or you should go see like the counselor. So she gave me the email, hmm, okay. and I went to email the, the counselor, yeah, and then made an appointment, and I saw her, and to help with anxiety, she introduced me, she did breathing, breath work with me, um, it, start, it will start with like 10 or 20 minute meditation, where she would, yeah, so, so yeah, what mm. kind, like just sitting like yeah. in quiet. She guides. She, she guides would guide me, wow. so it would never be completely silent. She would guide me, and then she, was it her? Yeah, she also gave me two recordings of um, herself. <laughs> no, <laughs> she got <a> CD out. <laughs> Here's my album. <laughs> yeah, <I'm sorry. laughs> no, she. It's um, uh, it's just a recording of this British guy um doing guided meditation. Mm. So ten minutes sitting, twenty minutes sitting. And then I have one more called uh, Exploring the Difficult. Yeah, so I guess over time with her, like, um, yeah, I just accumulated those, uh, I had those recordings. So mindfulness was a thing for me and it helped me a lot. Hmm. Like, I used to be so anxious, not about specific things, but like, if, for example, if someone, if like my partner uh, did something mean, for instance, like, I would start... I mean, the first... The natural reaction is to feel hurt, right? Mm. But then I had such a... Mm, I had such a inflated sense of guilt for some reason. Or I just felt like I didn't have the right to be upset. So I would just spiral. Because, like, for for instance, I'll be hurt. And I'll be like, no, 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 no. I, like, I, um, like, why do you feel hurt? Like, you don't deserve it or... There are worse things, for instance, things like that. So I would spiral, and that—that's usually the the kind of thing that triggers like my anxiety. Wait, let me try and understand this. So, when you when someone upsets you, mm. you don't feel that you have the right to be yeah angry at a person because you blame yourself. Yeah. Is that, oh, okay. Yeah. 
or it's, it's not even that I blame myself it's like I don't like why should I feel upset like I don't deserve it or it's not that bad or they didn't mean it hmm. which is it was just very I was very like emotionally unhealthy okay. when I was younger so okay so I just give the quick summary right? mm. <laughs> so I was introduced to mindfulness uh, during uni was, um, when, when I went for counselling and then uh, after soccer I decided to do yoga because <laughs> I wanted to stay physically active that was um, the first least, place you so yeah so it was asana rebel and then I think oh, I also right. looked at some like YouTube videos um which are a lot more gentle, no peak poses or whatever, just gentle flows, and I never really touched it. Actually, yeah, I just continued the app for a while because I found that there was this period in my life, I think it was like one to two years, um, where I had nightmares every night, and I found that the days that I did yoga at home, like just with the app, nothing fancy or anything I just happened to not get the nightmares I mean I don't think it was 100% foolproof but um, yeah so I just noticed that and then when I I told my therapist at the time because she knew about my nightmares and she's like oh yeah I know some people find that yoga helps and I was like okay cool but I didn't it didn't make me want to do yoga more <laughs> I think it was just um, something someone told you lah. yeah then fast forward to like a year um, I think about a year ago or less, I started working, um, I was in my second job, um, and it was quite stressful because it was a lot of last minute, um, work. Yeah, and you know, obviously, like, I'm kind of prone to feeling anxious. I mean, some people would say it's a sense of urgency, which is healthy, but for me, I think it wasn't so good. Mm-hmm. Um, so I and I also had money because I was working finally so I could go for I could get class pass <laughs> and then I went for a yoga class at Sweatbox Yoga Ooh, with Lynn? no I only Samantha mm. yeah and she she's not there anymore but yeah so she is pretty much my first yoga teacher and I really like her classes I always felt like very grounded during the class because it's to me it's basically like a moving meditation because there's no room for thinking about mm. anything off the mat because like why well, I couldn't I remember when I couldn't do warrior three because <laughs> yeah. you can't focus so you need that focus to yeah, find that balance focus huh? and that engagement like mm. I wouldn't engage my standing leg for instance so I would it's easy to tip over mm. so it helped um yeah, like, so I would have, like, a long-ass day at work. And then I would just go for yoga. And then, like, when I'm doing the poses, it's difficult because I have to engage and all that. And I would realize that, yeah, it's in those moments, I'm not thinking about anything. Like, so then I eventually got more into it. Oh. And then impulsively signed up for YMTT. <laughs> <laughs> not yeah. impulsively, la. I think, like, part of you knew that you felt like you could do it lah, right yeah how yeah. long how long has it how long have you been practicing since oh wait yeah, so it means like three years two years uh, I would actually say it's less than two years or maybe like a year mm. yeah yeah I was never really exposed to inversions actually mm-hmm. like in peak poses until I went to a public class uh, unt- not even that until I went for y- YTT really? oh, okay so I never did curl or like his then or whatever before. Yeah, I, I didn't really want to either because mm. my idea was like the whole moving meditation thing. It wasn't about the doing the thing. La. It was about 
Yeah, cause being in the present moment, no. Yeah, cause you know, like I, I'm naturally a very lazy person, mm. or I was. So I, it was not for the athleticism of yoga. It was just something more mental. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. I feel like strangely, well, not strangely, like like uh, interestingly enough, a lot of people find yoga from the mental aspect first before they do it the, they find the physical aspect and then there's others that do the physical and then eventually mm. find the but I think like all roads lead to the same all roads lead to the same yeah. thing right yeah yeah and it's very interesting because um, yoga is something that is so physical but then mm. it's also very much tied to um, your psychology your mental health la. yeah because the, the breath is really like um there is something anchor. to it, isn't it? And it's it affects uh, your nervous system and things like that. How do you think that? How do you think the practice has helped you heal? Hmm. I mean, you 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 said that you are a very lazy person, which nothing wrong with that. But then, like, I see like your life quite active when you're always doing home practices. You're always going out and doing stuff and getting things done. Yeah, I mean, the. F- fitness part I mean part of it is like vanity the other part also like it feels you always feel good after you mm. sweat um, but yeah so I mean it's always so for fitness for instance like working at, working out at like F45 or whatever it's like first it's like for like health or like losing weight whatever but then I also know that I feel better after mm. that and I realise like that I can have like a really bad day um, and then after I work out like I, at least I know that I feel better because of endorphins or whatever and for those for that like one hour you're not you're too preoccupied with how tired you feel yeah so I mean of course like eventually I became a lot more active and yoga how yoga has I don't know if it's the yoga itself but the lifestyle that comes with mm. it because like in, like in the like the healthy mm. lifestyle, like the people you hang out with, that kind of thing. Uh. Mm. Because you're working at Lulu as well, a lot of like health, um, fitness people. Yeah, but I, th- I think it's, um, I think with, okay, because I really got into yoga when I started going for YTT, which mm. meant that I was on the road to teaching, mm. um, which meant that I wouldn't, I would have... In teaching, you have a lot of time for yourself. Or at least you're not in like a typical corporate setting where you wake up at 7 a.m., you go to work, and then you grind, and then you come back in the evening. Um, so that gives more more room to breathe, I mm. guess. So I, I wasn't under so much um, pressure. Especially so from I, your previous job where you were like yeah. meeting deadlines and all this kind of thing. Uh. Yeah, so to me, that was what helped me to heal and now I think it's also um, hmm, it just helps me to feel grounded yeah like sometimes if I feel very I mean I spoke I told you before like if I feel very dissociated mm. like I can do like a few sun salutations or something and then it helps me to feel connected with my body and things like that do you still practice yeah. your um, uh, the mindfulness stuff like from yeah. back then? Yeah, I mean there are periods where I go on and off it um, but recently or f- yeah recently I it's like my 2020 goal as well to like meditate at least 
10 minutes every day. Which is so. doable, but it's very difficult. I mean, 10 minutes is like not a lot of time. You, like, like you think that it's not much, right? But then but you, know when, hard, you know when you wake up, because you're supposed to go to work, for example, stuff right? Really, yeah. 10 minutes is a long time. Because yeah. if you snooze for 10 minutes, right? Yeah, <laughs> you can miss so your yeah. <laughs> and 10 minutes, I feel like when I, when I meditate, 10 minutes is good, but then like, 20 minutes for me is like when I start to really get into the yes, zone and then it, by then my, my, my thing will chime already then I'm like oh okay 20 minutes is over then I think I'll just want to lazy already then I want to go and do my stuff right yeah. but like 20 minutes is where it starts to get mm. like the dust settles and then I can see a little bit clearer then ping and then I'm like oh, okay I got end already I want to go and do my thing yeah exactly I'm but, trying, yeah. Yeah, but I'm trying to condition myself so like at least I settle down more quickly within the 10 minutes then mm. eventually I'll move on to 20. Yeah. And I have Headspace, the app, uh. and they have progression like from 10 min- ten to 20 uh, minutes. They until, ease you like, into long. it. La. Yeah, so that's, my, that's mm. my plan. For me, I think like uh, 10 minutes is ten minutes every day, m- maybe morning and night. Mm. It helps you build that, that habit and then by the like the, the second or third week, you start to, it's very easy for you to straight away sh- like go into that zone whereas for like the first the first few times you're sort of just sitting for 10 minutes you're not mm. you're still in your own head yeah. thinking about stuff like yeah, okay uh, oh, very hot uh, very uncomfortable uh, what am I going to do later but then as you do it a little bit more you sit down you close your eyes you can you can start already like the dust will slowly settle yeah already. it's basically forming like a habit or yeah. it's like muscle memory because it's just that it probably takes like a few weeks for your brain to strengthen that wiring yeah. the wiring that helps you to um, focus when you meditate to mellow yeah yeah how has your teaching journey been? oh it's really good but it was quite abrupt <laughs> abruptly interrupted <laughs> by COVID <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh, wait I, how long has it been? like a month? okay my first class was 27 February wow wow god <laughs> remember like 3pm <laughs> hot, hot power <laughs> I wrote it in my diary yeah, it was. Sad. So it's so like sad. a month. A month, yeah. I was teaching. Oops. I, I started with like, I think six classes. A week. The first yeah. week. And then I ended up teaching like, I think the last three weeks of my teaching, I did about 10 classes each. And it was, I thought it would be um, mentally tiring. But it was actually quite fun. Because, mm. <laughs> I mean, the first the first bit of it was getting used to hearing my own voice and and talking to a room that's silent. Like, I always tell... Oh, right. Okay, yeah, I know I what you mean. I always tell Bruce, like, my, my teacher manager at YM, like, he's like, were you nervous? Then I was like, yeah. I was, like, stunned by my own voice. <laughs> then I forgot everything I was gonna say. Yeah, so that that was the... Um, I think the first one, two lessons, it was the nerves. And mm. then after that, yeah, I got a lot more comfortable. Uh, and I didn't... I didn't try to do anything. I don't try to do anything fancy or like creative because mm. I have pretty bad memory. So, <laughs> so it's like if I have like a really nice flow in my head, for instance, then I'll forget it. What? Mm. So I just work on like fundamentals and um, I, it could be repetitive, I guess. Every time like low lunch, high lunch, whatever. But it's, it's quite nice. Mm. Um, yeah, I enjoy it and I see the students like they seem to appreciate the one hour that they have on the mat. And sometimes they'll tell me, hey, I really like your playlist. Ayo, <laughs> like, compliments. Like, Thanks, man. <laughs> yeah. So, 
it's been nice. I I was quite um, shocked when I realized I couldn't teach anymore. Just because the a lot of studios are now closing down because of the just for safety reasons. Mm. Like it was. It, it's inevitable, uh, Yeah. Look at how things are. Yeah, I mean, I I felt disappointed, but I know it was like the good a good call for all of us. Mm. Yeah, we just needed someone responsible enough to to make it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, when I first when I first heard the news, I wasn't surprised, but it was also like, ooh, okay, like, wow, this is serious, like, for, 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 for things to be closed. Yeah. And then, like, everything else started to follow suit afterwards. Everywhere, everywhere started to close. Yeah, so it's, like, now I have to find... I saw, I, like, I have to take a break from teaching for a while, but mm-hmm. I'm gonna... I wanna find places where I can still practice. And also, like, I don't know, teach teach friends on zoom or something yeah i mean i'm sure there's a way like you just we i mean all the other teachers now are just doing all their instagram live or, or whatever like online classes that they're doing so i'm sure there's a way to to do it and still keep like relevant mm-hmm. you know like because if you don't teach like i haven't taught in like two months and when i recorded my my thing yesterday i was so rusty at, and and i'm doing this in my own home right i'm not like in a class setting and already I'm like flustering and I'm like but actually don't you think it's a bit harder to do it's, it alone? it's a bit harder because there's no there's no visual like I can't see what's going on yeah. and like I end up just it's strange because I'm just talking to myself then there's no like like if I say you do mm-hmm. and I know what's happening next but then I have to yeah. keep imagining in my head so it's a bit strange I think next time I have to have someone to demo it with or were you, I'll um, just cue it with someone when you're recording it were you doing the I was just yourself? gesturing with my hand then there were times when I would just stop and like, uh, okay, okay, I didn't write like, uh, blah, blah, Because yeah. if it's stuff like, like, just like twisting or whatever, you you don't know, hey, wait, did I do, is it the right or the left? Yeah. Uh, but if, I, I find that things like um, engagement cues is an alignment cues. You, uh, it's if you see someone doing, doing something weird, you then you speak yeah. to them, then it's like, that's how, that's why it would be easier if someone was there. And it's harder to, or it's more challenging to teach, um, or, or rather to like to to record like a a set that, like say certain things I I wouldn't put in because that I can't ha- I can't demo to you or you know what oh. I mean, so then s- small stuff like you put just like that uh, like you put your hand like that it's hard to to cue it on an audio thing, mm. yeah or like a recording or something like that, it's just a it's a new challenge but I I it was quite interesting to encounter it. I guess it really will test how well you can cue someone. Like, you know, they really don't look at you. Yeah. Mm. Hmm. Has your teaching changed the way you see yoga? Yes. Right, I, mean, I think we had a few conversations about this during your TT where you were... Yeah. Where I told you, like, things will start to reveal themselves to you in, in, in a different way. Mm. And, and, uh, and, like, the questions that you asked me back then were very like similar to the questions that I asked myself back then as well and like I can see this transition in you as well. <laughs> Let's talk about that. <laughs> That's when I was gonna mock for YM. I remember I was so nervous so I was like spamming Aaron questions. <laughs> Which is fine like, yeah, like, I mean, it's I was nice. like running Just spam everybody questions. Yeah, I was yeah. running through my cues. I will, I will always remember like when I'm talking about taking a bind. <laughs> I'll be like, reach your arm between your legs. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Grab from behind. <laughs> Whoa. Inappropriate. <laughs> yeah. Eh. 
I think I'm less um you know sometimes when you you have when you're new to something you're uh want to make sure you do well and stuff so you get preoccupied with like oh what are things I can do what are things I can say you be a, you you're a little too overambitious yeah and too self-conscious as well um I mean I think that died down but what still kind of stands from what I mentioned to you before is I remember I used to say like oh I can't wait to go for a yoga class where I don't have to like think, think about, about yeah yeah think about what what things can I learn from this teacher for my own teaching yeah you just want to go and like be in that moment and 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 practice without trying to learn cues or steal sequences or, or, or yeah yeah so for me when I go in I think I the student's eyes are uh, once again yeah like I kind of just enjoy it and I know that every teacher is very different mm. um so I don't think I, I don't pay it too much attention to their sequences unless it's something that's familiar to me. Because, for instance, like some people, some people's flows are super creative and I know that there's no point in me like trying to recreate something like that. So I just go with it and then if some cues that uh, some teachers use stick to me in my mm-hmm. head, like if it makes sense to me, then I think naturally like I will internalize yeah. it. I mean, it makes sense. Like, if someone does something that you like, you wanna oh, like, hey, that that that's nice. I'm gonna yeah. use that in my own class, yeah. uh, or a cue that like, hey, oh, this cue is so so imp- like so magical. Like, once you say it, I now can engage what I need to yeah, engage. Exactly. So then you 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 bring that forward uh, in your own class. Yeah. So those are things that I pick up, um, not too neurotically, <laughs> thankfully. Like I. I don't get too caught up with uh, trying to remember things. I just enjoy it. Yeah, I, I feel like you find a good balance in these things. But Yeah, I mean, another thing is sometimes when I attend, when I was teaching and I would attend classes after that, like I would just be a lot more tired. Mm. So It takes a toll, uh, like you're teaching, mm. and then you need to attend classes to regenerate yourself, to, yeah. to like replenish that energy. Yeah. But then if you starting out, you, you can't really switch off. You have to go and learn more stuff from other teachers. So then it's like a... It's a very mm. draining thing. Like. Yeah, it's like I enjoy it, but then um, sometimes I won't have energy left to try like something... Mm. to try, For example, to try an inversion or, or an arm balance. Yeah. Did you lose any weight? Just a, just a curious question. Because when I was teaching, I lost a weight there. And like... But why? I'm not practicing. But then, like, the act of just teaching is, like, burns calories or some shit like that. I was thinking about that. But why, though? It's like, I know that I can feel myself, my energy is being drained. But I'm not, like, I'm not demoing the whole class. I'm not really doing anything. But I feel exhausted. But I'm not doing anything, you know? You feel physically exhausted? Physically. And, And I recently heard on a podcast about how chess players lose, like, a lot of calories just but they're not doing anything is because they're concentrating so oh, much. Shit, really? So like I was like co- correlating it to like yoga where you're very in the moment and you're like thinking about like what's next, what's next, what's next to the point where like you're mentally drained and then your body starts to burn calories in that way or something Dang. like that. It's interesting though. So like if I want to lose weight, I just go buy some O-level <laughs> A-math paper. <laughs> I just do, all the, do like math chess. questions for like three hours. I mean, <laughs> I don't know if that, that will actually work out but it... I felt myself like people kept telling me like hey, you've been losing weight like hey like I get quite annoyed at it because like I'm <laughs> eating so much and like huh why is it still losing weight I'm not even running or doing any like I'm just I'm just doing yoga yeah I feel like I leaned out yeah, a bit, bit yeah which was it was a pleasant surprise mm. for me la. um 
I don't know what I mean I would do some things like when I teach core classes I would do oh, the do core that, yeah. exercises with them just for my own benefit but even um, then but, that's not like a workout that's yeah. just like a like a 20 seconds thing you hold both it's, it's fine what yeah yeah, but it's just an interesting thing. You go, you go and like see oh, what yeah. they have. Yeah. Or maybe it's being on your feet. I don't know. Uh, I mean like, uh, I mean, there's a lot of jobs that you're on your feet, what, right? True. Mm, I don't know. Hmm. But yeah, secret to losing weight is to yeah. teach yoga. I think it's also nice that when you teach, like it's a job where you have to be present. So that's quite nice. Like I don't. It's the it's the performance aspect of it. Like you're putting on a show, and once you start the show, once the the show starts, mm-hmm. you cannot just hey, stop, stop, let's reset. You cannot just like oh I I, you know you're uh, on stage as the perfor- the quote unquote mm. performer, and then you can't just like hey everybody stop, let's reset or like yeah hey, I only go toilet. Like, you have to go ah really, uh, <laughs> You cannot. It's live ready ma. <laughs> so whatever fuck ups or whatever things that you just have to put that out of your headspace and continue with your yeah and you also have to be present because you are looking at people yeah, yeah, you're looking and at you're everybody. responding to them which I, I find quite refreshing I find quite tiring at times mm. because like it's like driving a car but then like a lot is going on on the road right. so then my attention is everywhere right and at times when my attention is everywhere my attention is nowhere mm. you know Right. And maybe at some point I will reach that stage. Um, but because I'm quite new, you know, things are still like exciting and stuff. Ah. I so mean, I hope you don't reach the I point hope, where it's like... You, I hope so. Yeah. Like, but, mm. yeah, but it's a nice... um, It's a nice... Wow. I love that sound. <laughs> what a thing stuck there already. If you want to pour more. Uh, no, it's okay. It'll be too hot. I think it's cooled down already. Hmm. Um, what do I want to ask her? What were we just talking about? How teaching has affected my practice. Yeah, I mean it's also a good motivation for me to keep practicing because it's like, oh, if I want to be a good teacher, of course I have to learn more. So it's just a win-win. Yeah, you can't. You can't. Like I, I'm always very curious about those teachers who don't practice anymore and just teach. How is that possible? Is there a thing? <laughs> is there such a thing? Like, like they, they just stop practicing, oh? Like, they got no... Because, like, imagine if you teach, like, 20 classes a week or something, then how do you... You don't have time to to practice. Then then where do you get your inspiration from? Like, how do you replenish yourself? You, you know, know the phrase, uh, coaches don't play. <laughs> Maybe it's like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's something like that, right? Like, how can you... like Or, or like, I see, like, a, a fat boxing coach, you know? Like, I, how, how, how? You still got to be in the game to be able to, to teach, right? I don't know, maybe some people can. I'm not dissing on them, but it's just mm. a strange thing. Like, I feel like I can't that would make teach life if I don't, easy, yeah. I guess, but for, for now at this age, my body's still young and all. You know, mm. I think I can continue, yeah. Um, can we go back to mental health again? Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is a big, um, mm. a big rabbit hole. Like, you've shared a few things with me you know like little like moments here and there and I'm like oh okay I never knew that about you and <laughs> and 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 but but what the one thing that I noticed was that you you shared it in a way where it's not like um you're not unloading any baggage onto me you're uh, just sort of sharing it as a matter of fact and yeah. it gave me the impression that you've overcome it somehow I got my shit together yeah you got your shit together already <laughs> and like you seem like someone who's 
who's yeah. like you know all there <laughs> you've put together <laughs> oh i mean <laughs> no i mean okay the, yeah the first thing that most people say to me when i t- mention it they're a bit like huh they're really? like oh you, you really because <laughs> i'm a very like jokey you're a what do you call person. it like a control uh, uh yeah. i'm like a that? champagne bottle <laughs> Inside, like outside, look like. Ah, uh, uh, something like that, lah. Like. Alright, structure. Functioning. Yeah. Oh, fun- yeah. I'm high. Word? I'm high fun- I'm highly, highly functioning. functioning I'm, you know that? Yeah, that. I'm a high functioning de- depressed. Ah, uh, something like that, lah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, uh, actually, yeah. The thing I realize, uh, there's both a blessing and a curse. Mm. Is cause okay. So I have, dystymic depression, which is, bas- it's called. This time, so it means you're um, it's a chronic, but mild depression. Mm. So the analogy would be major depression, which is like the kind of stuff you see in movies, whatever. It's like a building that's collapsing. Okay. Yeah, but then this time, depression is like, like rust. Bit, it's oh, like rust, rust is like okay. wearing away at the building wow. and and making it making that structure weak. For instance, so yeah, that's the analogy. Mm. And so I have that, which is like a. It's supposed to be de- debilitating for a lot of people, I'm like sure it is, because yeah. you feel heavy. You don't want to get out of bed. If it's too painful to, um, to do everyday things when you feel like you're in a lot of pain, uh, But then on the other hand, I also have I'm like kind of dissociated, which is, so dissociation is, like you Not are being attached. Yeah, you feel, you feel detached from yourself what it could be your body it could be you feel detached from people you feel detached from the world for instance like i feel like this i mean now it's i will feel like um there's a thick wall or fog between me and the rest of the world and um yeah or sometimes it's like numbness a physical Uh, numbness or a mental numbness you know how when you feel certain things, you feel it in your body? Like if you feel sad, for instance, you feel like heaviness in Ooh, your chest. Yeah. But then it will be in. That the, it's like, so in that sense, the numbness is almost physical. The physical representation of the emotional pain. Uh. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. And so that, I think that stems from me being very repressed uh, when I was younger. Like I don't allow myself to feel things. Hmm. So why I can be so high functioning is probably because I like I, I'm depressed but I don't want to acknowledge it I don't want to be like cons- I don't like feeling it or at least back then so I would still like carry on functioning because once you accept or once you you take a break from everything right to recover or whatever or to feel what you have to feel it means life has to stop and then it means people will ask you questions also. Yeah. And I wouldn't want that. Like, for instance, I wouldn't want to cry because I don't want people to say, oh my god, what's wrong, what's wrong, what's wrong? And then I have to drop everything oh. and then I have to explain shit. Yeah, so I remember when I was like, I was studying for my one of my exams in uni and then I would just... No, I wasn't even studying for exams. It's just like any other day, I'll be doing my weekly readings over my, my textbook and then I'll be like, like tears <laughs> dropping. <laughs> and fuck, I pay like... 200 bucks for this textbook <laughs> ruining with my tears no like, yeah so um, yeah that's that's an example so I and and at that moment you weren't sad or anything it's just like the build up was 
Yeah. It's not that I was necessarily sad about something. It's just like, it was almost like, like routinely, you just feel like shit. And then I would just, it would be to the point where I just felt like crying, even though there was nothing to cry about. But I wouldn't crawl up into a ball and like Mm. cry in bed. Because then, like I said, I don't want everything to stop. And I don't want to keep feeling that way. I don't want to so-called surrender to it. So I would try to push it down Mm. and just continue with things. And that, that might sound... Um, noble in a way or stoic but it's not it's very unhealthy because you you have to sit with your feelings and you Mm. after a while like you find that when you start to listen to your feelings or what your body is trying to tell you then your body and your mind will stop freaking out like the body will scream when you ignore its whispers like that's what some people say so it wasn't very healthy for me I was just very repressed and also depressed I was repressed and depressed. <laughs> so that's what had me carrying on. But I mean, of course, after a while, like, I got help and stuff. And I learned to... Um, I think... I don't know. Maybe time just passed. And I had healthier circumstances eventually. That let me... That don't amplify any pain that I'm feeling. So I can still carry on and function. But then, of course... Like, if something happens externally, like, I, I might be more um, susceptible to feeling like shit or, like, to being depressed again. But for the most part, like, I... Like, I think because it's been many years, hmm. I learn to notice when a mood is coming and I know how to deal with it wow. it doesn't mean that I don't feel it. like I know how to relieve the pain just more aware of it uh, you yeah. know how to yeah. yeah it's like I, I will I can just be sitting there and then I feel the mood down like oh yeah it's coming <laughs> it's like yeah then I will tell myself like, okay what can I do it's like uh, okay I'll go for a run so uh. that I don't, like, like the other day when I was mm. really feeling very bad I was like okay, I, have, I have to go for a run um even though I really didn't want to, I just wanted to like curl up and mm-hmm. sleep. But also like I don't want to sit down with my feelings, so that's why I'll go and find something to do. Yeah, but it's it's definitely not because of my own self that I know how to manage things. Mm. It's because I I had a lot of help. Yeah, but yeah, so just picking up good habits, noticing when I when things are getting bad or if I need to take a step back or anything. Yeah. Hmm. And I still have a sense of humor la, about anything. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's very important. Yeah. And almost to a fault because like sometimes people think that you're fine because you're so oh, yeah. humorous. Yeah, which also like... It, hi- it masks the thing, right? Yeah, yeah which may- also makes it very hard to talk to. Like at the time when I needed, I was so lonely and would have to, it would help to talk to someone about it but I was like, my god, I don't think anyone's gonna take me seriously. Hmm. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, just cause you know, like depression doesn't come as there's no like stereotype that is really true. Cause you can't tell. Some people have no choice but to go on with their lives, so they can't like stay in bed all day. Some people are so afflicted that they do, but for the most part, like you can't really tell. And yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure like... <laughs> so <laughs> ominous. 
<laughs> depression. <laughs> Boom. Um. Oh yeah, like there is no, like oh this 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 means depression because mm. the the things with the mind are always very elaborate, and mm. sometimes like people deal with it better, and sometimes people don't. But then you can't really tell at the end of the day or so. Yeah, so. you can't tell externally. I mean, there are some very like obvious symptoms. Yeah, la, like, like like if you really like just like yeah. physically like cannot move. Yeah, or like if someone tells me that they feel like shit. Like quite often, and then I ask them if they have trouble sleeping, or if they have trouble focusing lately, mm. and they're like, "Yeah." Sure, this sounds like everybody. It sounds like me as well. I feel like we're all depressed on some level. Yeah, I mean, like there are certain not criteria, but like there are some things that you can check and be like, mm. "Okay, yeah." So, but for the most part, like if you're like a high functioning person, like me, or I know some other, I have some other like depressed friends as well. Like, it's very hard to tell. Cause it's not just you're not just a depressed person. You still have like all the other aspects of mm. yourself, like, uh, like you have your own sense of humor. You have like things that make you laugh or things that make you smile. Yeah, so it's you can't really tell, lah. <laughs> and where are you are now in terms of this? Hmm. So I was managing very well. I mean. I've been on medication, a very light dose of Zoloft for like a couple of years. So to me, that's like taking insulin as like, like if you're diabetic, you just take mm. insulin every day, like no big deal. Um, Does it alter you in any way? Does no. Does it make you chill? No. People think like, it's like that antidepressants are chill pills, but there's so many different kinds of medication, even within, so what I take as a SSR, serotonin reup take inhibitor mm. something like that i forgot what the first happy pills <laughs> yeah no it's not a happy pill it's just it just helps you um have a higher level of functioning serotonin so just to regulate the mood it doesn't make me feel happy it doesn't make me feel sad it just means that my body is mm. better equipped to regulate mood do you feel like it benefits you yes because there was a period um i think two years ago where i thought I was great so I tried to wean off it I just take one pill every day so weaning off it was like cutting it in half and oh, then taking okay. one but cutting in half doesn't it just re- it does if the, yeah. you re- if you reduce the dose it might not even have any effects at all right yeah I mean but you have to do it carefully and slowly because when you change your the body reacts huh? yeah there's there's a whole haywire like hmm, adjustment period so I, I tried and then eventually I went off it and it just so happened that I was going through some shit at work, like my first job. Um, and then I, yeah, so I was getting very anxious. And then at some point, I realized like I was in enough pain that I felt like um, my litmus test for depression or like for when things are bad is like, how do I feel about dying now? And then if I say good, that means I know something <laughs> is wrong. <laughs> that's that's a good test there. <laughs> It's like a, huh? Yeah, I was like, okay, how it's you like, feel about dying? I'm like, oh, fucking want to kill myself. <laughs> it's like, like, okay, shit. Now I gotta take a pill. <laughs> you know, I'm like, I'm like, oh, okay. I think, I think I need to uh, get back on it. Oh, I need to see someone. Then, then that's, wow. yeah. So. I think that's a very simple and effective. Like, I mean, like jokes aside, that's actually a very effective way of checking yourself before you wreck yourself. <laughs> <there>. <laughs> wow. I mean, like. 
Okay, yeah. <laughs> That's... Uh, okay, good. Yeah, yeah, I mean, these are things that I also learned in therapy. Like, wow. for instance, I will also... So simple. I'm quite impressed. Nice, cool, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, like, quite cool, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, don't want to cook. Or, like, so, or I would rate how I feel, like, between 1 to 10. And then, um, if you... If I feel like, hey, I haven't had a three day in a while, now mm. I'm like, okay, something's wrong. Mm. So that's when, yeah. And so the medication, okay. like, I think I needed to go back on it, cause, like, yeah, some shit was going on at work, and I would be very affected by it. But then when things are okay, I would still be like, disproportionately, um, uh, emotional or feel pain like quite easily. So that's how that's how I know it, that the medication helps. I'm fine with being on it like for however long. Um, it just means I can't donate blood. <laughs> oh right, yeah. Yeah, but and. What else? Okay. What else? Like besides the medication, what else helps? Mm. Okay, right. so yoga, yeah. meditation, being around good people. Yes, all those things are very important. Like, I mean, what are your healthy habits? for healthy mental habits that you practice on a day-to-day basis that may be um, intentional or unintentional, I guess? Uh, The first thing is, if things are really bad, then of course go and get help. Mm. Um, The other thing is, I... Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, getting help so I have some direction and so that I have someone who is kind of like your um, like a sponsor, like someone you call. You know what I mean. Like you like you know yeah. Alcoholics Anonymous. You oh. have a sponsor. Oh oh oh. <clears throat> um, I think it's also like it's symbolic as the first step to acknowledging that you need to do something. So. Wow. Yeah. Man. So then, that obviously like when, you have Christ when you're approaching crisis. Go and get help. Another thing is I will talk to people about it. Um, like my boyfriend or some couple others that I'm comfortable talking to about. Comfortable because um, they know the context of my journey. So they're not going to be like alarmed or anything. They won't, they won't judge or they won't... They won't like, freak out. Yeah. They won't be like, oh shit. These people always think like, oh, depressed, oh no, then you, how are, you know, then they think that you're going to kill yourself or whatever. But there's different levels of it lah. Yeah, and things don't happen. I mean, things aren't so straightforward. But yeah, I'll talk to people like, seriously saying, oh yeah, I feel like shit today, for instance. Um, And then, like, sometimes my boyfriend will make me laugh or something. Or he will, unknown. Because he, he just... I mean, you can't talk about being depressed for so long. Or like he'll, Maybe he'll just like talk about something else. And then that will lead me to like talk... To realize that I don't have to think about it all the time. Like, mm. there are other things to talk about. Um, so it's not so much... It's not so much about suppressing it. It's more of like... Mm. Looking at the bright side of things. And changing I, your perspective. It's, it's telling myself that... The depression isn't the be-all, end-all. Because when you're in it, right? It feels like it was always there and that it will never end and that it will always be like that which is very that's where the hopelessness comes in and then you just feel like there's no point doing anything so so I try to I mean when I talk to someone else and they bring me out of it they're telling me like hey that's not like real life or like there are you there's a life beyond like 
you'll be depressed. There's more to it, lah. Yeah, yeah. So that it's a bit of like a wake up call, in a way. A small, it's a small reality check. Um, and also, being active. So. Whether it's high intensity, I mean, of course, it's hard to bring yourself to do it, um, or yoga. Both help because, like I said, it's physically grounding, and you are paying so much more attention to like how physically tired you feel than like the pain, for instance. So that helps, and I generally have a good sleeping pattern. I know some people who are depressed, like they have trouble sleeping, or they sleep too much. For me, I don't have an issue, so I'm very lucky. So, um, uh, the I don't have a sleeping problem that affects my mood or my hunger. Yeah, and generally, I have I think I have quite a healthy lifestyle. Nothing really contributes to like, um, to, for example, I don't take drugs, or do I? <laughs> no, I don't take. <laughs> you don't like. I don't. Do I don't it. abuse substances yeah. or like eat a lot of junk food. Because that can affect your, um, your gut health or yeah, your physical the, body, lah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's interesting. Like, yeah, you you don't you don't try and escape your reality. You deal no. with it in your own way. Like you know that something is affecting you, and like okay, I sense it. I'm aware of it. Yeah. Which comes from experience. Maybe it comes from yoga or the practice of mindfulness, yeah. and you can tell what's happening in your body, and like okay, I gotta. Yeah, exactly. Sort it out. I gotta go for a run. I gotta be around someone who who I can talk to. I can go find help. Yeah, and mindfulness really helps because you have to tune into yourself. And like I said just now, when you feel certain things, like it manifests in the body in some way. So, for instance, if I'm doing meditation, and um, I have to do a body scan, so not have to do, but part of it is doing a body scan. Like, okay, from head to toe, um, do I feel? What what is going on in the body? Like, be curious. Then I'll be like, oh, I feel like a weight in my chest. And then I realize like, oh, maybe like the day before, a few days before, I didn't feel it that much. Um. So that's knowing. That's me knowing whether something's going on, and also that, also learning to sit with that feeling of weight in my chest. Cause I have to sit there for ten minutes and be like, okay, I know I I know that I feel this way. But unless, like, don't linger on it. Like, just, okay, move down from the chest. Then how do I feel? How do I feel? Um, yeah, so the grounding really helps. And also learning to sit with how I feel. But that's it. It's a lot of mental effort to implement all these measures. Like, I was just thinking about it today. Because... I don't mean this in a literal sense, but there will be, like, a voice in my head like the so-called constructive or the the stronger part of me that will be like leading me to say okay I know you feel like shit but then just do this or like just take it one step at a time or um, you definitely will feel better once you get out of the house for instance so that voice is stronger sometimes sometimes it's weakened or is drowned out by like the depressed part that's like uh, but I'm so tired. For instance, yeah. So, for instance, if it's going to work, in my head, it'll be like, you'll feel better once you see your coworkers, and just like, just just put on your 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 phones and then get out the door. But then the other voice would be like, but I'm so tired, or like I'm tired of helping myself. 
because it's really like my responsibility no one's gonna save me even though it's not my fault that I'm depressed I always have this debate in my head I'll be like like why do I have to do all these things why do I have did I have to like go and basically like beg for therapy or I hate that I have to do all these things to help myself because it's not even my fault yeah so so some days that voice is stronger and it keeps and it can drown out like the stronger voice but I find that when I meditate more or if I'm doing more mindful things then that stronger voice is um, louder and has more control yeah yeah (laughs) of course some days I really don't feel like listening to that voice because it's really like being like a sad it's like a sad it's like an adult talking to a sad child you know Mm. it's like but why do I have to blah 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 like it wasn't even my fault or I'm so tired and I've been doing this for so long like and then what if tomorrow I just feel the same way like then it's just having that conversation in my head and yeah mm. so it's not easy man <laughs> i a lot of what you've said it's very inspiring wow. it's quite inspiring <laughs> like i can i can see how you are dealing with it in your own way mm. and you are so aware of it that you know the plan like you know what's gonna happen and you can yes. see yourself and you can catch yourself immediately and you still have to have that talk every day with yourself and then like alright I'm gonna go out the door and I gotta function because yeah, like you gotta help yourself like what you just said and and also I I somehow feel very relatable to that I don't think I have depression I, I mean I'm, it's just like you know life yeah. they are good days bad days but then like maybe like we're like I feel like I can relate to that in the mm-hmm. sense where, yeah, there are days where I have the one voice and the other voice and like, yeah, I'm tired, but maybe it's not as defeating as yeah. how you would go through with it. Like they would say that, so grief is depression in proportion to circumstance, Ooh. but depression is grief disproportionate to circumstance. So that is the difference between... <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> That's me dropping the mic. <laughs> yeah. Imagine you write <laughs> Depression is the grief in proportion. <laughs> Boom. <sighs> wow, but that's actually quite interesting. Yeah. Actually, it's from a book that I've been reading. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't come up with that. I'm not so articulate. But it's true because like everyone feels um, depression. Depression itself is a mood, but it becomes a disorder when... When it gets out of hand. La. Yeah, basically it's like... For instance, like, if you if you eat a taco and then you, like, fart that night, you keep farting that night, it's, like, fine. But then what if you didn't eat a taco, you don't have beans at all, you have, like, a freaking, like, a no-fart-triggering diet. <laughs> but then you still keep farting, right? Like, that that's when you know something is wrong. Uh, <clears throat> I love that analogy. <laughs> It, it 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 gets the point across in a humorous way. I, I remem- remember that and I'll use that as well. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So uh, that's the that's the difference, and of course, the, there are yeah. The self awareness helps a lot. Um, also, because I was because I learned psychology, so I know like the science behind 
why certain methods of helping yourself work. I know I know why therapy works, why certain kinds of medication work, why meditation works even, because meditation, it, it activates the, the prefrontal cortex of your brain. So that's like the area behind your forehead. Or some would call it the third eye mm-hmm. in yoga. So that's the part that helps to override the emotional brain. Yeah, it's like the so-called CEO of the brain. Mm. So if let's say the, the animal brain is like, I feel like shit, I feel angry, then your prefrontal cortex will override it and say like, okay, like, chill, mm. um, go and do something else. <clears throat> yeah, and then, when did I start talking about this? Yeah, yeah, the, the med- self-awareness, meditation. Yeah, so you need to, I know, yeah, I know why certain things work. And it helps me want to do those things. For ins- but for people who don't know much about psychology, it's it, it seems very fluffy, right? Like, oh, you go into a room and sit on a sofa and talk to someone. Like, why the hell does that help? I can just talk to my mom or I can talk to my friend. But there, there are a lot of... There's a methodology to all of it. It's not just about talking. You're, mm-hmm. you're doing something more. La. Yeah, so it, it helps that I know all these things. So I have faith in... in why certain things work. Just cause to me, it's like, yeah, it, it makes sense. It's science. Um, but not everyone has that. And uh, plus, like, you study it, so you're aware of the symptoms if you show it yourself. The funny thing is, like, wow, because I'm depressed, right? <laughs> I took a module on abnormal psychology. So that's the, the, like, that's a school of psychology that's about disorders and stuff. Then <laughs> what? I'm easy to... Because <laughs> it's like, that's A it, plus it. two. <laughs> I was like, I don't need to remember... <laughs> Like, huh, what are some of the symptoms of like blah blah blah? Like, well, I mean, what happened this morning? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so it's like. But yeah. um, do you feel that because you are studying what you're going through, that sometimes the things that you read, you are ab- you are you're not able to fully immerse yourself in that form of therapy because you know the trick behind it. It's sort of uh... like um. Like, if you know how the magic trick works, will you still enjoy the magic show if you know how it's done? Does your brain then, like, know uh, that, no, this, this this trick won't work on me because I'm already feeling this way or something like that? It's not that simple because you, you kind of just learn the principle of why certain things work. But the whole, like, method of, like, how it's done, for, in- for example, if, like, during therapy, um, they ask you to... Uh, visualize something like visualize you're talking to yourself as a child like uh, okay, that kind okay. of stuff like it's not textbook one plus one is yeah two yeah yeah exactly nothing is it's not very textbook there are a lot of hmm, that's interesting because there are ap- it's ways that you apply it right you know? um, like you might know physics but then when you see a light bulb turn on in like slow motion it's still like whoa mm-hmm, <laughs> wow yeah I love these analogies yeah. They're, they're very, like, I can I can understand them very easily. Thanks. Oh, <laughs> not bad, not bad. Okay. And also, <sighs> I think some things that I learned about are not, it's not necessarily from school. Uh. So, going to therapy helped me with school. Because so. I learned, good, I learned yeah. about certain interventions. And then, of course, like, my therapist, because they know that I understand certain things they would tell me like oh yeah so this exercise works because it activates this part of the nervous system they'll be like okay then i should do it you know instead of someone telling you yeah go and like 
talk to someone, whatever, or take this medication, then I'll be like, why? why? It's just gonna like mess up my. Because ah, uh, chem- you just have a better understanding of it, lah. Yeah, so I know that it works, so I will be more willing to go and help myself. Oh, that's interesting. So yeah. it's almost like the the one way to deal with mental health is to study it. Do you think yeah. then this root of like, like you know how? If I feel this way and I feel that this thing helps and I want to go and learn more about it and then eventually I want to help other people go through with it yeah. because I've gone through it. Yeah, so that, then that was you, me. Yeah. <laughs> so do you think that like most psychologists come from a place where, right, you're still like you're nodding your head very... Yes. Oh, so like that's also interesting because you can't be someone who's like, who can't relate to that kind of pain and then like go and help yeah. people who are dealing yes. with it. Like the ex-con come out and like go and give a talk about like crime and don't do drugs or something like that. Because yeah. you have to have been through it to yeah. then come out and share through yes. experience. You what? have to have been through it, but you also know... Or you can even be going through it, but you You know, have the tools to manage it. Uh. Yes, exactly. You can manage oh. yourself and, and you... So interesting. Yeah. Uh, wait, what was the question again? Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like okay. whether... whether so, yeah, because, yeah, okay, I sadly or whatever, I have like run through like quite a few therapists. Just because... You don't connect with someone. Uh. No, no, it's not that. It's because, um, so I, so from my counselor, which was free, uh, referred me to a private clinic that, that the school is affiliated with, but my insurance didn't cover it and I didn't meet financial assistance criteria, so I couldn't get therapy. So I went public route, but then the public route didn't work out because they're overloaded and like two weeks between appointments is very long for someone mm. who wants to kill themselves. Mm. So um, I went back to the private clinic and the compromise was that, okay, I didn't have to pay for sessions, but then I would be with uh, like an attachment student. So someone who was, I think, doing their master's or something, um, but they're already trained. They're just getting clocking hours. So I would work with them. How did you and get that... that- this like this is a sweet deal. Yeah, the private clinic. It seems like a sweet deal, but then they only last like half a year each. Mm, better so, nothing, I guess. Yeah, but after a while, it became a bit like. Um, no, like you're back to. J- I was like a bit jaded after a while. Then eventually, I did stop going. But yeah, cause I I went through quite a few of them, cause they didn't last that. Mm. <laughs> they didn't last that long with me. <laughs> but so you can't but, handle it. <laughs> but you can tell that, like some of them have gone through something or they're familiar Ooh. with trauma in a way and like so for example if I'm talking about anxiety with like my counselor at the time she would say oh yeah um, when I do when I blah 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 like when I start to feel anxious then I would do this thing that, so they drop little hints or just like mention it in passing that like it's like you're not alone yeah and that they themselves like mm. will have they know what it's like and even this book that I'm reading which is called it's called um the Noonday Demon by Andrew Solomon. So he's a professor of psychology at Columbia University, I think. And he has fucking bad depression. Or he did, but he's a professor in like psychology. So I mean sometimes it's just the things that relate to you or like what you choose to pursue. And that can help you, you know. Yeah. But I mean I also know I also know people who who are depressed and they also studied psych but I mean of course we're all still depressed <laughs> it doesn't solve anything it just yeah. helps with the self-awareness <sighs> and knowing that if you want to get help like it works do you think that there's a cure 
it sounds to me like that isn't particularly a cure. Like you're not gonna. I mean, mm. it sounds a bit like, de- de- ironically depressing, <laughs> but I don't think there's a, a a cure. But it's more of like more tools to be able to manage it. Yes, that's the sad. Yeah truth. right. The, or that's that's the sad thing that I learned, mm. because when I whenever I started therapy, um, with someone or when I started to begin with, like I would ask. How long do you think I need? Like, if you break your leg, right? You ask mm. the doctor. Hey, when, when then? When can I go and play yeah. soccer? <laughs> but it's not like that because sometimes you. Just yeah, it's a lifelong thing, uh. Yeah, it's it tends to be recurring for most people, and that's very sad because just getting through it one time is like, or one day is like fucking hard, and mm. then you're like. What's the point if I'm gonna have to face this for like years yeah. to come? If one oh. day is so so yeah, why do I have to? Why should I build a life when it's gonna like crumble again in a or it could crumble again in a few years? If you asked yourself that question before, yeah, 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 yeah. That's um so, and then a lot of times when you ask that question to therapists, they will obviously <laughs> tell you that they don't know because everyone is different hmm. and. For most people, it's just that they learn how to manage the symptoms, and they they build if they have the privilege to, they they build a life that is conducive for them. For instance, like if you are an anxious person, instead of doing a high stress job, like in a bank or something, you choose to do something more um, that it isn't gonna trigger you so mm. easily. That's just one example, but of course, not everyone has the can do that. Mm. Some people are stuck being uh, bus drivers or working in a mama shop, for this, for example. But for the most part, like you do what you can to to build a life that doesn't set you off that easily, and you surround yourself with good people if you can, so that when things get bad, for example, like out of the blue, you have a lot more cushioning, right. and that. And you have more to like strengthen that voice in your head that helps you to get through things. Does environment play a part? Yeah, that's it's environment is a big thing. So if let's say a depressed person was in a utopia, let's let's you know, mm. would that make anything different? Because that if you're depends. Well, did they? Because usually you are depressed because something happened, happened in before. the okay. Yeah. So if let's say your life was like perfect and everything it's not so much a you're born with it kind of thing it's something that yeah. happens to you yeah so study has shown that it's not something you're born with everyone mm. has a different the the genetic um, contribution to depression is very low or it's a much lower than something like um, schizophrenia or or bipolar wow. so it's really that it's really, really your environment. Like, if you're going to go through trauma, that's why if, if you have bad parents, or not bad parents, but... Shitty they, childhood. Uh. They unknowingly have toxic behaviours, hmm. then... Um, Fucking hell. Then yeah. you're set up for... <laughs> you're set up for failure. Or at least that you, you're not going to be... You're not equipped with... You don't learn healthy ways of, of behaving or yeah. relating to other people. And then that will get you into, like, a lot of bad and situations. And you spiral, uh, you find yes. bad company because you want to feel like someone is able to relate to you yeah so it's the environment is a huge thing fuck Um, man yeah yeah 
<sighs> this is interesting. I feel like I'm talking to a scientist. Wow. Because you give me stats. <laughs> I don't really give you stats. I just sit there as stats. <laughs> oh, okay, <But> yeah. okay. <sighs> um. <laughs> tell me about <laughs> you. Level <laughs> fifty. Tell me about mate. Mates for m- mates are more mate. Mate for more. Mate for more. Yes. <laughs> you wrote it down. I pushed it. <laughs> okay, let me try it again. Tell me about mate for more. Mate for more. So it's M A I D, F O R, M O R E. So instead of like, yeah. So it's like domestic help for mate. Um. Yeah, tell me what is it about is and what like what inspired this this thing. So. It's this one has for another the people like, listening, yeah. this has another long ass origin story like for me but then okay. just for for made for more itself it's just a little group of like a few girls and I we champion for or we're trying to encourage Singaporeans to be kinder to domestic, domestic helpers. helpers like the basically like the foreigner living in their homes like almost 24/7 <laughs> Yeah, it's just because it takes a long time for legislation to change. I mean, policy shapes why uh, this group of people are so vulnerable to abuse and being taken advantage of. Hmm. Um, so while we wait for policy to change, the best thing that we can do is to encourage people to just be a bit kinder. Um, not to say that... Not to say like siding with the maid or whatnot. But it's just uh, asking people to be more mindful that in certain situations, you have the option. It's not like a yoga teacher. In certain situations, you have the option to respond um, with kindness or at least not to be a dick about certain things. So yeah, those are things we encourage. Like, for, for example, like, oh, let your, let your helper... Rights, uh... Yeah, like, let your mate have an off day in peace because, like, Imagine if you live in your office, like, your whole life, uh, like, all days of the week, and then you only get to go out six hours, you know, how would you feel? Hmm. So, it's... Because you definitely see a difference between how... Um, I mean, it's a human being, lah, fuck. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's just Modern telling people... Slavery, dude. Yeah, it's just telling people that they're human beings, and, like, there are small ways that you can... Show um, your appreciation. Yeah, and be a bit kinder. You don't have to make life so... Like, it's not a... Um, a lot of people are in scarcity mindset. They're like, are they stranger in the house? Like, if I'm not uh, stringent, then they can take advantage of me. Which mm. is true, but that's in, like, any situation. Yeah, dude. like, anybody, like, yo, someone's in the elevator, elevator with me, I, I gotta yeah. be on my toes or... Yeah, whatever. I know a lot of times when you, for most, for the most part, when you, when you treat someone with respect, they <laughs> return it to you. If you treat someone as a potential enemy, then you are really tempting them yeah. to put poison in your yeah, coffee. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Because it's like the whole, like, if you treat your waiter like shit, they're going to come yeah. back and spit in your soup. Yeah, exactly. This is, like, for yourself. It's not yeah. even asking you to care about someone else, like, altruistically. It's also for your own benefit. So so I we have an, yeah. Yeah, so we have an Instagram page where we just try to do, like, posts about ways to be kinder. Sometimes it's lighthearted. Sometimes it's talking a bit more seriously about, like, the conditions that a lot of these uh, mates have. Who's the... Who are, who's, who are these girls that are behind us? So it was a random... I don't know, why the hell do I know? I didn't even know them beforehand. It was that I have a friend that I met like many years ago 
at some poetry workshop. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds pretentious. <laughs> some poetry workshop. I have to get into that later on. But like, <laughs> yeah, she. Um, so she works at Aware, which is the the woman. Oh, the women's. Yeah, the women rights mm-hmm. women's rights NGO. Do you want some more tea? Oh uh, yeah, thanks. Um, so the the activist circle in Singapore is very small. So usually when you know one person... You know everybody lah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Just like the music scene and every other fucking scene oh. in Singapore lah. Yeah. Yoga scene, man. <laughs> yeah, basically. So so she um, she happened to repost something on Facebook. It was about um, this girl who was calling for volunteers or calling for people who care for this cause from, from, for female migrant workers. And I saw it on Facebook and I was like, hey, me. <laughs> so I emailed her. Um, I didn't even know what it entailed. I just knew that like I wanted to... Be a part of it. Ah, the bird. Yeah. Cut so <laughs> So I... You can leave that in. <laughs> no, I will. <laughs> so I contacted her. And then after a while, it was just... So I, I think everyone else did the same thing. There was some degree of separation be, like between all of us. Or between themselves and the girl who put out the... The, the post the post so we all just met and we're like yeah we all care about the same thing uh, how many how many people like six or okay, seven okay. of us yeah we're all about the same age um yeah so our focus is female domestic workers I mean there's no male domestic workers are but there? there's okay then like, um, but cons- my background was in male migrant workers okay yeah so I wanted to diversify, I guess. Or at least like, because it was something that I really cared about. Mm. And I, so I was like, okay, yeah, I can, I, I can afford to learn more about the, the female domestic, the female foreign workers. So that's why I got into it. Because they're pretty much under a very similar system that subjects them to um, vulnerability to abuse. And what is this system? Like, what is the It's called the, the spon- It's called the sponsorship system. Um, it's used in most developed countries, but uh, they have different degrees of it or different levels of regulation. So uh, sponsorship, basically your visa, your right to reside and to work in Singapore is tied to a single employer. So when you come from a very shitty country where you can go to college, but then you can't get a job unless you know someone like, or you can bribe someone, then your employer over like when you come to Singapore and you get tied to an employer, you're like, that's your golden ticket and you don't want to let go of it. And then sometimes employers know that they can hold this against you. Like. Yes, exactly. Um, and once and the employer has the right to fire or to dismiss the worker. And the thing is once you dismiss them, you they have to be deported. That means if let's say um, I tell you that, I have been withholding your salary for three months. Oh shit! Then you stay. What 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 would you usually do? I will call the police. Yeah, but then I was. But then they will fire you. Yeah. Then go and back. Like, oh fuck! <laughs> wow. And then and then you, honestly, even if you um go and if you manage to get to MOM in time and and make a claim in time, like a a labor court salary claim, uh, after that, let's say you battle out for like a few months. In a few months, where do you live? Oh, fuck. Because the employer provides the dormitory yeah. and the sh- and the food and all that. 
Hmm. And then um, also, so okay, let's say your employer like lets you stay in the dormitory, or like in their house while you settle this case. Which is really best unlikely, lah. Fucking best case scenario. Yeah. Uh, after you you get your salary after three months or your compensation, whatever. They still deport bye you. Bye bye. Yeah, they still fucking <laughs> send yeah, you home. You're like bye. You gotta go home. You go home and then you go and pay like another like ten thousand Singapore dollars. It ranges, lah. Um, then you you pay like money to go and find a job in Singapore again, so just so you can come back and work. And then you don't know if you are like your new employer is gonna take advantage mm. of you in the same way. Is there no level of like protection or like vetting or anything like that? Because like no. I, I guess like when you go to the maid, <laughs> the maid store. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The agency. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you just like pick out like a, a a maid and like yeah. Can you cook? Can you clean? Okay, good. Then you just just buy yeah. it and then. Yeah, so you so, vet so like so you vet them, but they don't vet you. Yeah. you cannot choose your employer. And okay, th- and what's the what's the cure? What's the solution for this? Is that at least you? Is to increase their bargaining power because right now the problem is that they don't have any bargaining mm. power. Anything you say to them, one s- simple sentence is, "You are not happy? You go home." <laughs> oh fuck! So like, of course, like when someone says that to you. Like even as a as a Singaporean like so, employee, yeah. it's fucking scary lah. Yeah. And if you have wife, if you have kids at home, um, that you need to put through school, you're supporting your whole family. Your father got that di- gonna die of diabetes, like you're just gonna you gotta suck tahan. it up. Yeah, suck it up, suck thumb lah. Yeah, and you can't do anything about it because any fucking fuck up that you yeah. do, yeah. The, there there you go. Yeah, yeah. So um, there's wow, very why people are capable of that. Eh? Yeah, it's because like. I mean, the if a system lets you gives you this opportunity to do so, and a lot of times companies or employers want to, um, like okay, let's say like construction companies, they want to cut costs, obviously, because mm. that's how they survive. Make you overwork. Or yeah, or like employers, let's say you, you have a two year old kid and you work a full time job. Like, it's you would would want to keep. Like you don't want to be the one doing all the chores. Like mm. you're like, okay, I have a mate. Just like, okay, can you stay home on Sunday? Like, or let's say you have your off day. You're supposed to be entitled to one whole off day, but like, uh, you come home and cook dinner, please. Like, or else I have to pay money for you to to send my kid to daycare on a Sunday, and that's expensive. I, I rather. Think, I think that's a small like, considering the busy schedule of, uh, Singaporeans. Maybe that sound that doesn't sound so bad. It's a bit like uncool la. Like I'm off the you and call me to do work, but it's uncool. But I'm that versus like abuse. Like I'm not gonna pay you. Ha ha ha. You know. Yeah, but a lot of times it's not like ha ha. It's more like it's like the company itself is squeezed at the margins, and they're like, oh, oh I true. have this opportunity. It's, right, yeah. it's like okay, because we understand. I I understand that that everyone has. No, there's no one who is truly evil. There's very little people who, who are inherently evil. Mm. It's just that everyone is looking out for themselves in a flawed environment. Mm. It's like a they dog, want more. They want it's like a dog eat dog world, yeah. basically. And sometimes you wow. so called have no choice but to make life difficult for someone else, lah, for your own to, family. Yeah, for your own benefit. Yeah. So the I guess what can be done in this case is if at least the threat of like going home is diminished. Mm. So for example, okay, if you get fired from your employer, you can stay in the country for like 20 days to find another employer, for instance. Like that's what Korea does, South Korea does. And, and it helps um, because then they can stand up to abuse or they can mm. at least There's report. something. La. Yeah, they can, re- they have time and the space to, to make a report. 
to seek out justice. Yeah! And I started doing this since I was in uni. Well, a lot of things happened back then. Because uh. yeah. I, I think Exciting I was in... two or year Fucking sad. <laughs> no lah. Fucking... Uh, <laughs> like year two or three. I think I, I was going... I got out of a relationship. Very sad. I was broken up with also because I was like too depressed. Mm. <laughs> yeah. So... Yeah, um, so I had, it was like during a summer break, so I had nothing to do with my time. So I got, um, I, I was just looking through my school email, then I had this, this email from a prof that just spammed everyone and said, if you're interested in like volunteering as a data collector, like, or interviewer for uh, male migrant workers, uh, fill up this Google form. So I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, just like that. Uh, and then they're like, oh, if you, and then if you come for the briefing, uh, we'll order pizza. And I was like, sure, man. <laughs> so we <laughs> oh, did. <laughs> okay. So I, I went, and then that's that was how I started getting wow. into um, volunteering. And it's not just like, oh, volunteer at soup kitchen, like give out handouts, whatever. It's like I was in the so called research mm. arm where we talked to. Um, a lot of migrant workers collecting data from them. So, like, properly with scientific methodology and all that. Like, asking questions that are not leading or whatever, just to find out more about their situation, um, how they are affected by certain policies or, like, whatever. Um, so, that's how I learned a lot about the migrant worker scene in Singapore. And where does, where does the law stand now in terms of this? Mm. like giving them a little bit more but you know not much has changed because the problem is that if you you don't want to have the the country doesn't want to have to take care of like foreigners uh. mm. I mean and of course that uh, you do want you're like asking people to like use their taxes to like support like these like some random guy from India mm. Just so that he can go find another job. I mean, things like that's the way that. That's the so-called opposition that. Like, oh, you want to pay for it? Yeah, I guess the government would. They are preempting, so they generally are not changing anything right now. Hmm. Yeah, and I mean, it's. Yeah, life's. It's one of these battles that like. I can say life sucks for everyone, like even for mm. Singaporeans. But I mean, they're, you know, when when you know enough about someone's or. When you know enough about a lot of people's situations, it's very hard to say that's just too bad. Like, yeah, it's there are a lot of things that we cannot help, mm. and, and and it's very tempting to um, look at all these social problems and be like, well, I can't do anything, so fuck it, I'll just look after myself. But then, like, all good things happen, be- like all positive changes happen in history because people stayed angry and people kept fighting like I get to have an education as a female because like people revolted and you are not working like 20 hours a day or 16 hours a day because people fought for it but it's just that we don't realize these things yeah yeah wait I was gonna say something yeah 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 is that so why I I seem like a very angry person like on Instagram okay I always like repost shit um, about how like or I, I will randomly like post stuff about how um, things that I don't believe are are 
acceptable or are just. And it seems like a bit boleal, I guess, for some people. Or it's like, why even bother? Or things are not that bad. But I have spoken, because I was, I have a research background, like, I've spoken to so many, like, marginalized people. So migrant workers, I don't know how many I've spoken to. And, like, how much, like, interviews I've gone through. Like, probably, like, a couple hundred. I've done... I've, like, walked through, like, rental flats. I knock on every door and, like, ask them about, like, their food security, for example. Mm. And uh, their living situation. I've gone through research with, like, um, pregnant teenagers in Singapore. Uh, and they tell me they're... Because it's qualitative research. It's not just filling up a survey with multiple choice. It's like, I hear their stories, and it's fucking bad. Like, if you actually hear it right, if you're a decent human being, you cannot just say, life life is just like that, and we can't do anything. Like, you will want to stay angry, and you cannot accept that people have to go through these things. Yeah, some things are very bad. Like, Like, when you talk about it statistically, right, it's very one-dimensional. But when you talk, when you hear several people's stories and you know that there's a systemic cause and you know how like how much pain they have gone through, you, you cannot ignore it and you don't want to. So that's why I always post like social justice shit on Instagram. And I'm not just like a keyboard warrior. La. I mean like actually... Um, you back it up, huh? Yeah, like, I, I back it up and I, I volunteer. I dedicate time to, like, helping certain situations. Yeah. And I call people out on their bullshit, for example. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, man. So I'm a... I'm a sympathizer. <laughs> you know, the working class or whatever. <laughs> There's a lot of bad shit that we don't, like... Like, me as a middle class person, like, in Singapore... Things are great. <laughs> we, we, we are sheltered and we're not so much... We don't see what really yeah. happens to other people because... They're tucked away yeah. in rental flats or they are just too busy working and cleaning the streets or whatever. We don't really realize. Yeah. I have so many like, stories that I've heard. And they're so painful. Wow. It is something to think about and it is yeah. I'm glad that you are able to share some of that experience you know now uh, here with us yeah. with and that uh, mm. that is also something that helped me with um, being very depressed because like that period where I was like I said I started volunteering <laughs> because I, I sent that email out I replied to that prof's email to volunteer because like, at the time, I was very heartbroken. I was also, like, coping with depression. It was just a lot of things. So I just needed something else to... Focus that energy, yeah. Yeah, or at least something else, something bigger than myself. Because yeah. obviously, I didn't value myself. <laughs> I didn't value my own life, I guess. So it's like... But other people, like, that's important. So that kind of kept me going. It gave me something to do. Um, and, yeah. It also makes you feel more human gives you like a purpose yeah to because i feel like you need something that like you can't be doing things yeah. for yourself because that's not going to motivate you yeah. as you, much yeah, you exactly. got to do something for some, others you need something larger than yourself yeah. to to carry on in life like like in 
Patan Jali. How do you say? Wow, wow. Patan Patan Jali. Yeah, so one of the eight arms is devotion, right?、Uh. And how I interpret it is that, um, it's devotion is not just to the divine, but、uh, it's to something. Bhakti, yeah. yeah, it's something bigger than yourself. Like that is one thing that will contribute to your own well-being and to like. I don't know, just being happier and more fulfilled. I guess, like, yeah, when you care about something bigger than yourself, like things, sometimes it's easier for you to get through the mundane, because you know that, like, I have to keep going because there's someone more yeah worse off than you, yeah, you? or someone's depending on me, or like、mm. if I if I keep working hard, I can potentially help some people, but at the same time. I don't. I'm not deluding myself. I don't think that things are gonna change. Like, confirm can fix things. Like, there'll always be people suffering. But then, you do you know, what you need to do, lah. Yeah, you know, like I think your podcast you said something like you're entitled to the work, but not the result. Hey, I'm 老师慢慢老师 Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so that's that kind of like non-attachment is also important when you are serving other people or you、mm. care about others. Like you. Yeah, you don't you don't help people for your own gain.、Yeah. You don't like、or、see. Don't, I'm helping. Oh, you don't do it because you you want to solve their problems. You do it you, just because.、Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's just doing it for the sake of it. Like you don't. There's, um. It's just being a kinder person, and if everyone does that, then there will be less battles to fight. Yeah. I think it's good to be angry. Yes. I mean, not like the angry in the conventional sense, but it's good to have like a、yeah. a sense of like I am upset at what's going on,、yeah. and and because of that anger, it fuels me to to want to take action. Yeah, don't settle for the status quo. Yeah. Because who decides the status quo? The people like, in power, lah. Yeah. The, the, the people pe- who want to benefit themselves. That's why they make rules that yeah, exactly, fit the one percent. Exactly, and that's not. That's not how things should be, and I got a mouth. I'm gonna keep <laughs> making noise. <laughs> yeah,、um, I mean, of course, not everyone has that privilege. Once again, but I do, so I will use it more. I'll make use of my position. Yeah, I cannot. I cannot like, like. There's one. There's being angry in a in a constructive way, and there's being destructive, which is just like always complaining but not actually doing anything. So I would like to say I talk a lot of shit, but at least I do something.、Yeah. <laughs> I do something about it as well. It's just that I don't talk about it as much, because、okay. I don't want to like be like, oh, I'm this like、yeah. virtuous person. I was volunteer, whatever. It's easy to just fucking repost something and、yeah. people like like it and、yeah. think you're very noble, but like you back it up, lah. Yeah, yeah, exactly, and that's that's important. It's just that that's I don't display it much.、Mm-hmm. I think as your friend and as someone I know. You know, I know you now, and hearing this about it, I'm very proud. I feel very proud. <laughs> I feel very happy. Thank like you. That there are people like you in this world who、yeah. have gone through your own battles, and like I said, I can relate to it on some level. I think, and, and I think all of us can relate to the、mm-hmm. the trauma or the pain that we all feel as individuals,、mm. and we can all understand a general sense of unfairness when it comes to like、yeah. the the things that the maids or the migrant workers are going through. And to see you, someone so young and so angry about these situations and taking act, taking actions for it, is very commendable. 
Yeah. And it's inspiring. And I'm glad that I am sitting in front of you and talking with you in, in your presence, you know. Thanks. Mm. Well, yeah, I think a lot of it is because I I have the information. Yeah, like, you have the information, like the I skills. Said, yeah, and you just have like, the... in, like when I said like with sight, because like, I learned it, I know how to cope. Like I know that there are things that work. So yeah. the same thing with like social problems because I did, I happened to do like sociology or I, I stumbled into it. And then I learned how a lot of things like are not necessarily like inevitable. Like you see the world in a, in a different kind yeah. of way, and you have an understanding yeah. for it. And now. there are I learned that there are alternatives if you fight for it. Like things can work. It's not like it's not like a straightforward trickle down effect for some for for instance. Yeah, there are so there are studies that back up like alternatives and all that. It's just whether we take those or not. There are countries that do it. Um, so I know that I know that it's not like um, it's not I'm not ask, I know that I'm not asking for a utopia that these things are reasonable so it helps that I know these things yeah if I can get a little bit woo woo it's almost like whatever you went through or whatever that you had to go through to feel like this and then to overcome it was what motivated you to now take action and to yeah. be the head of the spear for whatever it is that you're fighting for so then like if you reflect back about why things happened to you or why did you have to feel this way mm. it was up to you that pressure to form the diamond right yeah i think so um oh excuse me yeah i think it was also that that's why i always encourage people to choose what um interest them or what they like like from i think since a young age i tended to be quite like i care about other people um i think also because like i was in some amount of pain so i was very empathetic and sensitive to other people so that so i mean it's just the choices that i make in life like are kind of shaped by that um yeah like i'm interested in helping people or um about like self-care like what kind of self care really helps? Not just like taking a spa day or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, when you choose something that you like, you're gonna go down a a rabbit hole, a very specific route. But then that's mm. like, it's also honoring like the kind of person that you are, and it reinforces like, it brings out the the good, or your it brings out your individuality and like how you add value to the world. Yeah. But, but then, of course, some paths don't make a lot of money. <laughs> True that. Yeah. You still gotta survive. Yeah, you still gotta grind. Yeah. Well, thanks for sharing your story. Thanks for enlightening us about all these different issues and just allowing people to understand you a little bit better. And maybe whoever that listens to this who feel that they can relate to this on a mental health level will know that they are not alone that they can seek help and they can it's yeah i mean you guys can also like randomly dm slide into your yeah no (laughs) no really because like one reason why like i i decided to be very public about like my mental health stuff is because i knew how lonely it was and how scared i was for people to like how scary it is to get help because it's like admitting there's so-called something wrong with you Mm. So when you have that kind of solidarity with someone else, or mm. like, yeah, just know that I, I know what it's like. So if you need to talk to someone about it, like, 
I can refer resources. Yeah, that's why I'm public about it. So yeah. people know that it's possible to like go and address your your issues and whatnot. Yeah. So how can people reach you? Uh so made for more is on Instagram. So M A I D F O R M O R E S G on Instagram. And then I am I smell danger on Instagram. <laughs> As in like I <laughs> danger <laughs> yeah appropriate i guess yeah i will i mean uh you can look at the show notes for all the additional details thank you for doing this thanks for having me any final words um no <laughs> stay home stay safe yeah stay safe stay kind ca- stay kind mm, yeah stay kind all right ta-da Listening back to this party gave me a lot to think about and it made me think of some of the people who I knew, who I know, were experiencing the same thing that she was going through. And and I'm not going to name any names, don't worry, but if you're listening to this and you're wondering whether I'm speaking to you directly know that I'm speaking to you directly and and that it's okay lah, right? Um, as much as we are capable of doing great things as individuals, we're also not invincible and that it's okay to ask for help and, and to feel what we need to feel. Uh, talk about it. Talk about your depression. Talk about your pain as much as you can. Um, that's my that's my advice um, it won't be easy at first you know you might it might be you know you're worried about what people will think or how they react but it helps to just not feel so alone when you share these feelings because then you, you sort of know what or you can sort of relate to how or you'll be surprised at how other people can relate to the same way you're feeling as well and I mean, I mean, I felt the same way when Tiff was sharing, uh, you know, halfway in the pod, and and that was why I told her I felt connected to her 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 situation and her pain, even though I wasn't like I I'm not depressed, but everybody goes through the same thing one way or another. Everybody can relate to uh suffering on a universal level, you know. So. Yeah, know that you're not alone. And and thanks for Tiff, Tiffany for reminding us of that. That we're all the same. Hmm. Uh this is gonna be the last interview that I record while on lockdown. Just because, you know, can't go out and do any more interviews. So I'll be churning out the podcast practices once in a while where if you guys haven't, if you guys don't know about it yet, um, in this podcast, there's also the podcast practices, which you can just do. It's a class for free. And please, please, if you enjoy the classes that you do, 
from any of the teachers, just show them some love and donate to their PayPal account. All the links will be in that particular podcast. And if you don't have a PayPal or if you rather just donate via uh, PayNow or, or bank transfer, just drop them a, a DM on Instagram and I'm sure they'll, they'll be happy to share their details. And thanks to all the teachers who have contributed to this the to the the podcast practice, and and I'll just keep inviting teachers from different studios and and stuff to record so that there's a good amount of content here to help you keep busy and and occupy your time. So uh, feel free to listen to them to practice to listen to the previous episodes as well if you're new to my podcast. And if you like what you hear, support it by buying me a coffee uh, or just, you know, donate it, don- donating uh, to the link below. If, if you, I, added a, I added a link below in the support section with all the details of how you can do that, as well as a link to my WhatsApp, no, WhatsApp number if you prefer to do it via PayPal. Um, just drop me a message as well to let me know who you are, you know what I mean, so I can thank you. And if you have any questions or you just want to reach out, my number is there. So, use it wisely. Um, I think that's it. Uh, until this whole COVID situation thing blows over, I hope everyone stays safe and stays home and stays out of trouble. Okay, bye-bye.